So I called today's talk Silly Superstition, because <laughs> I can, for one thing. <laughs> and it's, it was Halloween, and I thought, well, let's go, let's go with a, with a, with a theme. It's a Silly Superstition. Who grew up here in a superstitious household? Oh, I did. I know that Friday the 13th was something. <laughs> uh, I was always warned about it, and there's don't whistle in here, and don't do this over there, and, uh, you know, all these magical, it was magical thinking. And rarely was it magical thinking in our favor. It was all almost all about what we were going to lose if you did this, or if this happened, or if you didn't pay attention, step on a crack. Uh, my mother's back never broke, <laughs> but I was careful. And uh, and, and all this, I hear I made a list. A list uh, where somebody made a list, and I copied it. So there's the number uh, thirteen. My great grandmother would have been. I never met her. It was my grandmother's mother. Didn't like my mother because she was born on the thirteenth. Uh, it's amazing. Imagine not liking your own grandchild, your only grandchild, because she was born on the 13th. You're that superstitious that there must be something wrong with this girl if she's born on the 13th. I thought, like, okay, there we go. <laughs> and my mother, she always told my mother she would come back to haunt her. Uh, and my mother said, when, after the funeral, years later, she came home, and there was this banging, and, uh, like on the pipes in the basement. For, the only time it ever happened was that one night. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, let me see. Bre breaking a mirror. Oh, my goodness. I worried about mirrors growing up because that was going to be seven years bad luck. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I was really warned about that. It's, um, it impresses me, the confusion around the 666 number. And that's only because people don't really study their Bibles. They, they've heard rumors <laughs> about the book of Revelation. And they hear that, that is, and all it really was was a code to warn about, about the Romans that were going to come in and do things. Uh, a lot of Revelation was code, written in code, to warn the Babylonians about the Romans and uh, that they were going to come in and hurt them. And this means this and this means that. And later on, it's uh, 666, a bad thing, mark of the devil. Now, I've never heard this before. A bird or flock going from left to right. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah get, out, get out in the backyard. Oh, yeah. And now here's, I, I find this Friday the 13th in Spain, Greece, and Georgia. Tuesday the 13th. Oh, no, Friday the 13th for us in, Sp in Spain, Greece, and Georgia. It's Tuesday the 13th. So depending upon your time zone <laughs> is where certain things are. Uh, failing to respond to a chain letter. Remember when those were popular? Oh, you know, I never got a dollar back. <laughs> never once. Hanging a horseshoe with the ends pointing down is believed that the luck will fall out of it. <laughs> what? That's true. Oh. <laughs> Opening an umbrella while indoors. Yeah, I was warned yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, one culture says pointing at a rainbow, mm -hmm. throwing rocks into the wind, a coyote crossing one's path, which is becoming more and more possible in Fairfield yeah. County, and uh, an owl flying over a house. Uh, the theater saying the word Macbeth. 
Or wishing someone good luck. Shoes on a table. I had always heard shoes on a bed. And peacocks in a house. We're, we're supposed to be iffy. Three on a match. Do you know that one? Yeah, that's back in the smoking days. Don't light three cigarettes from one match. Ter terrible luck. <laughs> Tipping a salt shake over, and you gotta go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I don't tip over my salt shakers. <laughs> Killing a ladybug. Yeah. Walking under a ladder, I knew about the black cats yeah. stuff. And it and it's it's a it seems like a lot of stuff to control the human race is what it seems like to me. That superstitions are there to control us. Somebody thought some stuff up, you know, some coincidental things happened and then it became folklore and then it became a rule. And a way of life. The Oxford English Dictionary defines superstition as unreasonable or irrational or groundless awe, fear, notion, or belief about something unknown, mysterious, or imaginary, especially in regard of religion. Religious belief or practice based upon fear or ignorance in specific meaning. An irrational religious belief or practice, a tenet, scruple, habit, etc., based on fear or ignorance. According to OED, excessively credulous or a widely held but irrational belief in or, or reverence, dear Lord, there's a lot of words there, for the supernatural belief or supernatural influences, especially as leading to good or bad luck, or practices based on such beliefs also constitute superstition. Now, I, I thought, I, I th what are some religious superstitions? Hell. Hell is a, is a superstition. Heaven is a superstition. Oh, I don't want heaven to be a superstition. <laughs> well, they're both states of mind, but when they're taught as a place to go to physically, they're superstition. It's a way to control. Uh, God will do this if. That's a superstition. If I do this, God will love me. That is a superstition. It's personal is a superstition. God, Santa Claus, the boogeyman, uh, superstitions. And I said, God, how could God be a superstition? Well, when it's used improperly. When it's used to hurt, of course it's a superstition. But if it's used to reward, it's also a superstition. God just is. I remember years ago, I, I was taught early on in my unity teachings that God does not exist. How could that be? Well, because... And under exist, it's essentially to come exit out of. And God doesn't exit out of something. Uh, and so we exit out of God, as it were. We come through and out of God. But God just is, is the teaching. And I remember I wrote it on a board at the church in the city once. And the board president walked through and said, who wrote this? And then we taught her what it meant. Uh, and, and we went from there. Now, Remember, God is just a word we made up to uh, try to describe what we cannot describe. And, you know, certain religious religions, they say you cannot say the word God. It is wrong. It is criminal. And so, hence, G hyphen D. But what kind of God do I have if I can't say its name? If I think it's Wrong. Now, I get it. You, what it actually could mean or does mean is that you can't 
describe God. You can't limit God by a name or a word. If God is infinite everything, then how could you satisfactorily describe it? And, and so that it's the same with love, though. You, you can't say the word love and sum up what it is. You can't say the word life and just sum up what it is. You can't say the word intelligence and sum up what it is. We do the, no, we don't always do the best we can. We're trying to open ourselves up to know that when I say the word God, it's so much more than what I could think of currently. If I say the word love, it's so much more than whether or not you like me. It's so much more than whether or not my animals like me. Oh, I must be lovable because the kitty wants to hug me and hold me. He just trusts me for whatever reason, but he hasn't done a lot of research into Sean to decide whether or not I'm lovable. He's done minimal, trust me. My diary hardly ever opened. It's, it doesn't do much. He just uh, decided, okay, he hasn't hurt me. I have a good feeling about this guy. And so he'll come up on my chest and cuddle up. But what about the days he runs away? I got a pet. He runs clear across the room, any one of them. Do they not love me? Am I suddenly not lovable because of that? Oh, I better knock wood three times so I can. <laughs> they will love me, knock wood. And uh, superstition, I, I had better pray this way. Oh, this is one I was taught, and I use it, but I know it's ridiculous. Rubbing your four fingers together gets you a parking place. <laughs> you know that one. Yes, we have the same friend who taught it to us. And uh, it does seem to work. That's what's bizarre. Uh, driving into the city, and I, suddenly I find a parking place. Is it because I did this? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm still going to do it. I don't care if that's what it does or not. What it is, though, is there something that triggers in my belief system. And that opens me up to seeing the universe as a, a, a differently. Because I do know that the affirmation, we're never going to find a parking place often is accurate. But I have heard there's not going to be any place to park. I can't find a parking place to save myself. Somebody gets into the one, oh, there's my parking place. Somebody pulled in right in front of me. You know, and, and so, how do we practice God? How do we practice spirituality? Because unity, I guess technically it's a religion, but I don't think of it as a religion. I always thought the short version is unity is a spiritual philosophy for positive living. And what, what could be positive living? Well, I could, if, what if I lived in the mindset that as God, God or life is for me, nothing is against me? I mean, do I even need to follow up with the nothing is against me? Once I've finally gotten into the pattern, I don't even have to think about the nothing is against me anymore because that's not a part of my consciousness. God is for me. Life is for me. Love is for me. Power is for me. Presence is for me. It's on my side. Now, the problem is with that, I'm always thinking about myself. Me, 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 me. 
Life is for its children. Life is for all beings. Love is for all beings. What God is, is for all beings. But what is God? Well, Emily Cady taught us in, in uh, Lessons in Truth, God is omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence. It's presence itself, power itself, knowledge itself. And I got on board with that because, well, it was just simpler. It was an easier way to think that God is God will do this for you. Just ask God and it will be done. And how many of us have asked God for stuff and it was not done? Only one person. One person in the room raised her hand. Well, there's two of us. <laughs> I have asked. I remember one year, this is a lot of years ago, I was just studying in unity and stuff. And, and I, I, uh, I was told, you, you affirm. You affirm boldly. You affirm what you want. You take on the belief that it's yours. And there was a $95 million lottery. And I decided I was going to win it. And I was going to do it with new thought principles. And I did it. And I did not win. Because do you think I'd be in this dump if I... <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you for letting me use it. <laughs> but I, uh... I was surprised. I was genuinely surprised I did not win that money. Now, I could do all sorts of philosophizing. Well, I guess it wasn't the right time for me. I guess, it, well, you know, maybe God didn't think it was right. And it's all of a sudden I'm making God a human being deciding things because I wanted to assuage my feelings of disappointment. And one of my least favorite superstitions, and to me it is a superstition, it'll happen if it's supposed to. Why well, it happened, or it did happen because this is the way it was supposed to happen. What do you mean? I get it if you said it happened the only way it could happen according to my consciousness or according to a mass consciousness. I get that. But the way it's supposed to sounds predestined. And if it's predestined, why am I getting out of bed? Why am I doing a lot of things? Why do I bother to pray? No, I have a say. As an individual in a group consciousness, I still have a say in, in, in the collective movement and cooperation uh, of the universe. I believe this, and so that's why I need to maintain a strong prayer life, an affirmative prayer life, but one that is not where somebody is looking over at me. Loving me. God loves me because God can't not love me. Why? Because God is love itself. Take on these assumptions and live an easier, better life. If God is love itself, I don't have to try to get... Something happened? Somebody have an aha? Uh -huh? <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Somebody have to breathe through a mask. I, uh, <laughs> as God loves me, because God can't not love me, because God is love itself, then I need to start going through life assuming I am loved. So I need to catch myself if I am treating myself as if I am not loved. Do you all hear this? 
You need to pay attention and see if you're treating yourself as if you are not loved. And it's not that you'll be punished for it. The boogeyman will not come and do something to scare you, hide under your bed, whatever, as I was promised as a child, if I didn't behave. But you will live in the seeming absence of love with the thought that you are not loved. You know, when we lie, when we cheat, when we steal, we think we're not loved. When we hurt another, when we set out, even unconsciously or barely consciously, to uh, hurt another, we, it's because we believe we, are, we, we ourselves are not loved. Now, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hand with this next question. Have you ever murdered anyone? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on that because I don't want to be responsible for having to report you. <laughs> but I can ask you this question. Have you ever character assassinated anyone? Yeah. Yeah, I certainly have. Wyming's the only one, but he's a saint. Uh, <laughs> he knows better. I have character assassinated uh, in the name of humor out of a frustration because, well, they don't love me, so I'm not going to love them. What I leave out is, so I'm not going to love myself. And it's like, in that, at the very least, remind yourself, but I am loved by God because God can't not love me. The truth is the person I, don't th I think I don't love is already loved. The truth is the person I think doesn't love me, which is myself, is already loved. And that's not superstition to me. That is just spiritual understanding. And it is good to make that because you see, you don't have to do this. You don't have to kick your foot up high. You don't, there's no powder. There's no candles. There's no scents. There's no nothing in that practice except an assumption. I am loved. And if you have a loved one who uh, is not well, remember that they are loved. Even if you don't know how to love them into wellness. They are loved because they can't not be loved. And if we would start treating our world as if it is loved, I had to uh, laugh, laugh with tears, really. There's a minister somewhere in this country who was not going to take COVID at all seriously, was not going to get a vaccination, and was not. And, and his reasoning, this minister, his reasoning was I'm not going to put my faith in something invisible. <laughs> As I, oh, I think you do. <laughs> you don't want to put your faith in this invisible thing, but this, you know, we created dis-ease out of our thoughts. We weren't loved. We, meaning mankind, we created dis-ease. We created war. We, as a collective consciousness, not them, not me, we, we create in harmony with our thoughts that we are somehow not loved. And, I, and then we can prove it. We can prove we're not loved 
there's not enough oil. There's not enough food. There's not enough money. They looked at me funny in the grocery store. You know, we could come up with all sorts of things to declare why we are not loved. My phone ran out of battery power. I'm in a zone where my phone doesn't work. I did, you know, 20 years ago, I didn't have a phone that I could use in a zone that worked. But I, now I am entitled to my cell phone everywhere I go, except I'm not. And if we practiced love all the time, we wouldn't need masks anymore. If we all practiced that we are loved, we would need to fight dis-ease. I have Wyming on this very pulpit once said, and, I, and I've held on to this, for years. We've all had cancer thousands of times. We just didn't know it. And then it healed. You know, went into remission. It did something. Maybe we didn't know about it, so we didn't fret about it. And if we would put fretting down more and accept the love of God into our conscious mind. Wonderful, wonderful biblical saying. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Secrets don't make friends. <laughs> uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of love. Seek ye first the kingdom of life. Seek ye first the kingdom of power and presence and intelligence. Seek ye first. Before you seek, who has offended you? Before you seek, what is wrong? Before you seek anything else, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of it will be added unto you. Now I'm going to read this little passage from the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the New Testament. And it comes from the book of Luke. It's chapter 1, verse I think it's 57 or 85. It says, within your mind, there is a belief that is in opposition to God. This belief does not seem sinful to you, and so you do not recognize it as the basis of sin. What is sin? Missing the mark. Uh, the belief that leads to this confusion is the belief that you are a separate entity. It is the belief that there is a you and a them. It is the belief that there is a you and that there is a universe of objects that are separate from you. This belief you accept as a fact, and you do not question it. So it does not occur to you that it is a mistaken belief that can be given up. This belief has a voice within your mind. Its voice you call your thoughts. Only because you do not question this belief, you do not question these thoughts that you claim as yours. If you did question them, you would see that they are not loving thoughts. Close examination would reveal that they are based on the belief that there is a something inherently wrong with you as a separate entity. These thoughts doubt your worth, and in fact, they deny your worth entirely. So what I say to that is, stop it. <laughs> Cut it out. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and the rest will be added unto you.
Everything you and I want is within this kingdom that we are promised, that we are the divine inheritors of. And all we have to do is uh, change our mind about a lot of stuff. But today, move from here, assuming, just assuming, I am loved. I am loved with an everlasting love, and I cannot not be loved. We put our superstitions down, and we pick up love. It's that simple. Thank you.